and welcome to Forces Sport with me, Kath Brazier and Julian Evans. Coming up, we've got 18-year-old Great Britain, Scotland and now Army pistol shooter Amelia Faulkner joining us this week. Young but already racking up the achievements. I'm currently the British under-21 number one. Um, I hold five British records. And I, possibly another one. I think we set another one at the Nordic Championships. You have so many that you begin to forget them. Is, that, is this how this works? Yeah. So she's already had huge success in her career since starting to compete at the age of 13. She admits that a mixture of lockdown and intense basic training to join the army has set her back slightly. But she still has big ambitions, including the Paris Olympics in 2024. It's definitely going to be a challenge to get there. Not shooting in these two years has really brought me down. Um, my scores have definitely taken a dip. Um, but getting, I am getting back into training now. I've now completed all my training in the army. So I'm now um, based at Witten. So that's, that's really good. And I've got my target set up so I can train. So I am getting back into full-time training. And then in January, I'll be moving to ships to target where I will just be shooting every day, all day. <laughs> So that's what we have in store for you this week. Plus, as always, a look at what our forces athletes are competing in and succeeding in across the world of sport. Jules, um, I think in another life you could have been a pistol shooter. Bisley suits you. What, the person that goes and changes the targets? <laughs> what, what exactly do you, you mean doing by a bit this? Of that? I don't know. You, you seem to really enjoy our jaunts down to Bisley and the National Shooting Centre as it is. And um, it, obviously it's, it's close to, to your home, but I sort of feel like you, you could have been that concentrated, focused no. athlete. <laughs> no. Sorry, what no? were we talking about? <laughs> it's just great to meet military athletes yeah. who are so passionate possibly about a sport that doesn't really grab the headlines and no it's, and with it's not it's not sexy is it and obviously with shooting there's a lot of negative stories mm. so when it comes to the actual sport <laughs> of shooting we've got some fantastic athletes who, who you don't hear about and and i'm hoping that that will change in the course of this next olympiad we've got two top quality athletes going for it and we should be hearing from one of them uh, later on so hopefully if you stay listening and you can fast forward the guff between Catherine and myself and listen to our guest this week please do so because some nice little tidbits in there yeah and we'll chat more about uh, amelia once once you've heard that conversation but i mean i i keep going going on about her age her being only 18 i knew very little about me amelia before we met her i put her sort of early 20s I'm very mature, shocked. isn't she? Yeah, yeah very the way mature. She, the way she conducts herself. Her, we, we were lucky enough to meet her parents as well. So yeah. you sort of think, how did an 18-year-old get into shooting? Or, or as she said, she was 13 when she took it up. But it was through that peculiar route of Pony Club. Pony Club. Which sounds, very, yeah, it sounds really exclusive. <laughs> you know, it's something that only the la-di-da types get to do. But it, it's not like that at all. Um, it's, it's a shortened version of, of pentathlon. Yeah. So the element that she didn't like was, was the, um, the fencing. But everything else she did like, but she, she had a, an accident on her horse, didn't she? But shooting was the one sport that she stuck to and now she's going places. And hopefully one of those places will be Paris in two years time. Wonderful. Well, we'll, um, we'll look forward to following her. She's had a, a difficult two years, but as you'll hear, um, is coming out of it and is very positive about her future. Um, a little bit, I, Jules has been on leave. Um, so I have. we have got a bit of catching up to do, but... Um, just a few things that happens it is quiet it's that month of august we all know that um 
the forces fall away slightly. But in rugby league, the army women are out of the Super League South um, after their semi-final loss to Cardiff Demons 6-20. That was last weekend in Aldershot. Of course, that was the final last year, wasn't it, against Cardiff Demons? But they mm. they couldn't quite make it over the, the final hurdle this year but also in rugby league jewels this is great so there was a combined yorkshire regiment team oh they'd be strong (laughs) well they were they beat a parachute regiment um rugby league team 38-8 at a match played at headingley this weekend it was a curtain raiser to the leeds rhino super league clash with warrington walls and leeds won that 24-18 as they continue their push for the playoffs currently sitting fifth in the table but what i love about this is and actually i really feel it very strongly in rugby league than other sports is that connection where you know the top of the the creme de la creme of of rugby league in this country decide to have a curtain raiser of two military teams at the one of the top sporting occasions you know venues in the country and it just sort of happens like that it's it's wonderful that it did i mean (laughs) do you remember those fixtures between the parachute regiment this is rugby league parachute regiment and the royal marines Marines. is it called the the trafalgar cup that's still that still that, goes on, yeah. Is that still a, is that still yeah, a fixture? Yeah, still a thing, yeah. I haven't seen it for a few years. Well... So, yeah, that would be a, that would be an excellent curtain raiser. Yeah. Oh, yeah, to, it would. To any event. Well, but oddly enough, that sort of... I think that was played down in Plymouth the last few years. Um, whereas, obviously, traditionally, rugby league is, is well, quite northern, but perhaps we should... Uh... Cornwall have, have set up a rugby league side, haven't they? Oh, they have, you're right, yes. Mm. Did you do some investigating this week in your Cornish jaunt? I I didn't. Yeah, I have been down to the West Country. But one thing that I was really pleased about was that uh, Royal Marine Gerard Haler. Do you remember Gerard? Yeah, Yeah, of course course you do. He's the skipper from the Royal (laughs) Navy, played in the inter-services. He signed for Cornish Pirates, which is an amazing signing. And we've spoken about this before, particularly in rugby, in that these young players don't have many leadership qualities because all their life has just been rugby, rugby, rugby. And I think Gerard will, will certainly lend something to the Pirates in his leadership qualities. Fantastic mm. skipper for the Royal Navy. I think he was man of the match, wasn't he? One mm-hmm. of the fixtures, or certainly played out of his skin. And I, he's a terrific guy as well. Uh, he's, he's obviously had some experience at the highest level. He's played with Saracens mm-hmm. in the Anglo Cup. But this is his first um, dip into the championship, possibly, with Cornish Pirates. I don't think he's played for Pirates before, so he's, he's, got, he's got a year-long contract with them. So... Let's see how they got on their first games against Richmond, a team that you know well, on the on the 9th of September. So we shall oh, well, see how how should, yeah Jared we and have the a um, BFBS Sport uh, outing. Yeah, well, yes, yeah, yeah. Why not? Yes, yeah, yeah. Go and cheer for Jared. We'll be the Jared Haler uh, cheerleaders. Jared, Jared's cheerleaders. Get your pom poms out. Um, what again? Again, yeah, you've had them on all week. Mm. The Collins Cup, Jules. Of course, this was the second edition of this brand new team event um, in triathlon, which is exciting because yeah. it's such an individual sport. But the Collins Cup, we're getting to see this team event. It's Team Europe versus Team US and a team of internationals. And um, our lovely Cat Matthews was part of the winning Europe team this weekend. Do you know, I came home and the first thing I did, obviously, was flick through the sports channels. <laughs> and I, and I, you know, unpack the car, put the telly on, sports channels, and there was Cat Matthews with this enormous magnum of champagne. So <laughs> I'm guessing that you're bigger one. than her. 
Yeah, yeah, probably. It was, uh, but you need to rehydrate, don't you, after such an event? So she was, she was getting the uh, liquid. You would back know on board. from your elite days. Uh, yeah, exactly. elite days. Yeah. Um, so, so, well, interestingly, she she, the, she obviously was part of the first um, Collins Cup team last year because this is only the second year they've done it, and this year it took part. It took place in Slovakia. But going on Cat's social media um, after the event, she really felt like she kind of let the team down. And I don't know that's her being a perfectionist, but her times weren't as fast as what they normally have been. And um, and yet Europe still, you know, went on to win. But I think she felt that she wasn't her best performance. But well, it comes I at mean, the end. Her of, best is probably you know something yeah, I'll never it achieve. It comes at the end of a long season for her. You know, she, I was she, thinking she, that, yeah. She, yeah, World Championships, mm-hmm. Swansea a few weeks ago. Yeah. And, and then the Collins Cup. But she had enough strength to pick up that magnum of champagne. So Of course. She, she didn't leave <laughs> we, it all out all on do. the course. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the Warrior Games are taking place at the moment at the um, ESP. I always struggle saying this ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex, and that's in Florida from um, well from the nineteenth, which is obviously a couple of days ago, until the twenty eighth of August. And the Warrior Games, of course, Jules, as you remember, were where the sort of beginnings of the Invictus Games started. Um, yeah, and Prince Harry actually, had, he had a little little look he did i think he? it was 20 2013 he he said at the warrior games mm. that I, he wanted to bring something like this this concept back to the uk mm. and and hence the invictus games were born and actually the invictus games in florida in 2016 took place um at that same complex and it's an incredible as only americans seem well actually that's not that's not tr- fair australia do it very well they have these huge complexes where everything is all in one place and i i guarantee that our our team uk athletes will have a, a wonderful time out there yeah they've the... been going for some time haven't they i mean mm. they were going yeah. they were attending the well warrior before. games before invictus yeah so that's good um, can i say some well well dones to people please do now would be the time yeah i, I want to say well done to claire griffiths nick george and tracy prouse and if you're of the military hockey community you may recognize oh. those names but they've done very well for england in the over 40s england over 40s the masters world cup uh, so they've been celebrating some silverware so well done to you if you've been involved in that well done to you um yeah terrific stuff i like the over 40s gives us all a, gives us all a chance <laughs> at home of, yeah give us all a chance you know we can reminisce think think well, what it was like to be over 40 um, well, yeah. if they, I mean, Jules always manages to pull names out of the bag that I've never heard of, and we call. You must know Tracy. <laughs> Tracy's been involved for years. I, I I'm sorry, Tracy. In I fact, don't, I'm, but... I'm amazed. These, these, these athletes do not look over forty, so I, I'm amazed no. that they are in the over forty bracket. But I think it's a good time to say that if you, if you do have any individuals, personalities, stories that you think that we should hear about at Forces Sport here, please do email us at Forces Sport at bfbs dot com. Um, any contribution is accepted and we we do realize we're trying to get speak to you know as many military sporting people once a week but if you think there's someone worthwhile then um do drop us a line we we welcome that this is forces sport thank you for listening i'm kath brazier and i'm here with julian evans our guest this week is amelia faulkner she's 18 years old and is already established as a pistol shooter for great britain she started competing at only 13 years old and after leaving school she needed to make a decision 
about her future and how she could pursue her chosen sport whilst also making a life for herself. So she chose the army. But basic training has been intense and mixed with two years of a global pandemic, she feels her shooting has suffered. But come January, she'll be full time with the troops for target programme and aims to be back to her best for the Paris Olympics in 2024. Jules and I went to the National Shooting Centre in Bisley to talk to Amelia. She was there competing in the Junior Internationals and had just returned from competing in Finland at the Nordic Championships. I'm currently the British under 21 number one. Um, I hold five British records and I, possibly another one. I think we set another one at the Nordic Championships. You have so many that you begin to forget <laughs> them. Is, that, is this how this works? Yeah. 18 almost isn't that young anymore because yeah. a lot of people who reach the top in their sport have started a, at a much earlier age. Um, First of all, do you want to tell us sort of when it started and when, yeah. the, um, when the love of shooting came about? So I got into shooting for a sport called tetrathlon, which is for the pony club, um, and that's swimming, horse riding, shooting and running. Um, I started that when I was 11 years old, so I was only really shooting as fun. I didn't do it competitively at all. Um, I then had an accident with my horse when I broke my collarbone and this kind of stopped me from doing any other sports. And I then went to a triathlon camp and the coach there was saying, you know, she's obviously got a good talent for this. Um, come along to a few more trainings. So I went over to the Scottish Development Programme um, and had a good few weekends there shooting and I really enjoyed it. It was, it was so much fun. I always wanted to go back. <laughs> so the collarbone you broke, was that the same as your shooting arm? It was actually, yeah. So how, how's, how's that managed to work? So I couldn't run or ride because of the risk that I could injure again. But shooting, it's in a controlled environment. You know, it's very safe that like you're in control. So it's not like a horse where anything could happen. Um, or if you run, you could slip and fall or something. So shooting was the sport that I could do. Um, so luckily. <laughs> what is it that you love about it? I mean, sometimes you don't need to actually put a finger on it, but is, yeah. what is it that you love? And now that you're sort of, you know, sort of six, seven years on into that journey, that yeah. you continue to love about it? Um, so I think my first love for it was when I was 13 years old, um, I went to the Scottish Championships and I ended up winning the Scottish Open which was against the current Commonwealth athlete. Um, so I won that and that was kind of the day where everything kind of started and I was thinking to myself, like, this is the sport that I love. This is, this is what I want to do. And you can win at. <laughs> it wasn't so much that. I was, I was completely shocked. I think everyone was on, on cloud nine. Um, just completely unexpected. I was going in as a junior, 13-year-old, against all these adults, just not expecting anything at all. Um, and I ended up winning it, so yeah, I was, that was the kind of day. Well, look, excuse the sporting puns or shooting puns that are going to come your way in a minute, yeah. but when you're beating that calibre of athlete, does that yeah. give you the ammunition that you need to, to pursue it and carry on? Um, yeah, I think definitely winning something and kind of knowing that you can compete against these adults and still perform, it almost gives you that self-belief that you can actually do something and all the training you've gone and done is actually come out and is shown in results. So that's really nice. Now, a question we've asked our guests in the past is, what do you like on competition day? How do you control competition those nerves? Day, yeah. Because I'm imagining 
when you're here on the range aiming for that target, particularly when you're up against some of the best, <laughs> mm. the nerves are flowing, the adrenaline's going. Is, is yeah. there a little mantra or something that you say to yourself or, or do? Um, you always kind of have that thing in your head that kind of keeps you calm. Sometimes just like humming a song to myself that keeps me calm. Oh, what sort of uh, what sort of song? <laughs> just out of, um, of I don't really have a particular song. It's just whatever comes into my head, and that kind of keeps me like focused on the shooting. But then it's not taking my mind completely somewhere else. It's kind of their focus on the song, but it's not completely wild. So it kind of keeps it in that kind of mind frame. But I am also taking a break from shooting and then I can then forget about the song and then come back to shooting. It's almost as if you're in this kind of bubble and everything around you is kind of almost white noise. You can see movements, but nothing's really, you know, nothing's really there. It's just kind of you, the pistol and the target. It's just kind of all one. But do you work on that? Is it a mindfulness? Is it, how yeah, do you work I, on that? Mindfulness is, is Closing really good. that exterior noise yeah. out. How do, you, how do you work on that? Um, so I do a lot of deep breathing, that really helps, just kind of calm everything down, get back into the mind frame, um, and yeah, mindfulness, that, that's also really good. Again, I'm going to bring up the age thing, but most 18-year-olds would probably possibly not have the skills to do that. Yeah. Have you sort of, do you feel like you've grown beyond your years, or do you think that that was you anyway, and all the sport has just focused your yeah. mind? Um, I do think that pistol shooting has definitely helped to be focused, dedicated. I think that has really helped. And also being in the army, going away from home, obviously quite a few 18-year-olds are still at home or at uni or something. So they do have that kind of bubble around them and they can go back to the home, see their parents and family. Being in the army and being in Scotland and then in England at the army, it's quite a distance away, so I didn't really get back home very often. Um, so I would say that going home makes it more special, spending time with the ones that you love. You don't get as much time with them anymore, so that time that you do get to spend with them is amazing. Um, well, I'm glad you brought up the army, because <laughs> you are just 18. Yeah. You've got your shooting going on as well, and now you're embarking on a career in the military. <laughs> How are you marrying the two? Because when you join the army at a young age, you have to go through the various yeah, basic, training. basic training. So yeah, how's, how's so that panning out? During my training, shooting kind of took a back step, which I'm now having what the competition is now. My scores have gone down, um, but I haven't really been training for the past two years. Um, with all the training in the arm, I just didn't have the time or the facilities because I, I wasn't allowed to. But you're really good with an SA80 now, is that right? <laughs> Not really. Oh. Yeah, that's it, is people that, people is think it, that that's a really obvious... Do they put pressure yeah. on you? You should yeah. know what you're doing. I, I, I'm left-handed and obviously shooting a rifle is it's right-handed, so I do find it quite difficult to transfer everything to the opposite hand. Mm. Um, it's enjoyable. I think I had a good grip. It just wasn't quite in the right place. Um, so why did you decide on the air pistol? That's just what I had in Pony Club. So right, and you stuck with it. Yeah, stuck with it. And where did the where did the want for the army come from? Is it something that you knew would marry up with your shooting career? Because yeah. we know, having you know all our athletes spoken to, you know, have to do that, have a, a professional elite sporting career and a, and a military career. 
Is it something that was suggested to you? Is it something that perhaps you, you thought, actually, this is something that could work along? Where did the, where did the army influence yeah, come so from? So my coach in British shooting, he was, he was in the army. Um, obviously, I, I was just about to finish school. I wasn't too sure what I wanted to do. I didn't really want to go to uni. Um, so I was kind of thinking, what can I do that I can pursue my shooting career, but then also have a career on the other side? And then that's when my coach suggested, have you thought about joining the army? And I said, well, no, I haven't really thought about it, but I am a really outdoors person. Like, I love horses, going like, on kayaks and things. Um, I do love the outdoors. So he said, you know, I think that this would be a life that you would enjoy. So I researched and looked at all the different trades and that took a while. Which cat badge have you decided upon? So I decided to join the Royal Engineers. Everybody a, needs a bridge. <laughs> as a geographic technician. Oh, that's a good job. Um, so that's what I decided on. So obviously that part of the army was what I wanted to do. But then I also joined the army to actually shoot um, and be part of Chips to Target so I could go into full-time shooting training to get to my goal, which is the Paris Olympics. That's interesting that you'd, you'd heard about Troops to Target. Yeah, so I, I did know Rebecca um, and Sam before joining the army, and I kind of spoke to them about it, and we had a good few conversations. So I did know what it was like and what kind of things that they were doing. Um, and I said, that's, that's absolutely what I wanted. I want to be training every day for hours and competing, going abroad with my team. It's, it's just amazing. And you talked about basic training, and I know that, um, I'm trying not to be negative about it, but that's maybe set you back your shooting career a little bit. You're yeah. back to full-time training beginning yeah. of next year, and you say Paris, to you, still a realistic That's, option? That is my goal. I think it's definitely going to be a challenge to get there. Not shooting in these two years has really brought me down. Um, my scores have definitely taken a dip. Um, but getting, I am getting back into training now. I've now completed all my training in the army, so I'm now um, based at Witten, so that's, that's really good. And I've got my target set up so I can train, so I am getting back into full-time training. And then in January, I'll be moving to Ships to Target, where I will just be shooting every day, all day. You can see the smile. I the know. excitement is coming. So you've got the World Cups to focus on and yeah. the World Championships you will be up against the very, very best there. So yeah. you know, what's it like when you all come together as a group and, and you have to shoot in that environment? Yeah, so I think there definitely is a bit more pressure. Um, home internationals, you do have a high standard there, but it's not the level as a World Cup. You do have you know, the World Championships, you know, Olympic Championship, um, Olympic champion there. So it definitely is the kind of environment is, I don't want to say it changes, but I think the atmosphere is different. Um, you have you know, a lot more coaches there, you have physios, you have all these like, support network around you. Um, that it feels amazing to be a part of that team where you do have those people around you that are there to support you and be there for you. And you're on the TAS scheme as well, aren't you? The talented, I am, yeah. yeah. You must be one of the youngest on that scheme. So <laughs> what benefits come your way then if, if you are on that TAS yeah, scheme? Yeah, so you get the I'm a physio, um, nutritionist, um, psychologist, and then PT. So you have someone that will help you set out your PT programme. And is that to help you with your, your core strength? Yeah, when your you're, core strength, your, yeah. you know, your muscles and your arms and your back. And all that helps with like stability. 
So when you're holding the pistol obviously out for 60 or more shots with warm-up, your arm is going to get fatigued, so trying to hold it as steady as possible um, is really what you want. What struck me, and you mentioned it earlier, her parents were there and she talked a lot about, um, she went on to talk a lot about her support system, which has already been in place because she's been competing since she was 13. And it was lovely speaking to her parents because even if they knew nothing about shooting a few years ago, they do now, don't they? They had I think the, the whole family live and breathe <laughs> it, don't they? Yeah. But she's... amazing, amazing maturity, dedicated to her sport. It, it goes so well with her chosen career in the army. And mm. hopefully now that her work commitments are slowly, they're not reducing, but they're, they're being managed to allow her to, to get, get on the range and, and, and practice as much as possible because it takes hours, doesn't it? Hours and hours to become an elite athlete at whatever your chosen sport so very I think any, very finite sport isn't it i think like it's important yeah and tiny any margins any success that she hopefully has should be shared amongst the military because mm. you know when you've got that sort of backing mm. it, it, it's a collective effort it's the reason she chose the army because it could give her as, as so many athletes do especially in in less well-funded sports um she chose it because she could have a career and she could also have the sport which is obviously her passion so good luck to amelia and we'll follow her career as we will with anyone who appears on this program now looking at the sporting world on a, in a wider context jules i think there's really only one subject that everyone's talking about and that is um the anthony joshua fight i don't think they're talking about the fight though are they no no just the antics it's, afterwards it's, it's the post fight meltdown would you call it i mean he, it was... i mean he called it a meltdown so i think we're yeah. allowed to call it a meltdown yeah, yeah. It, is that heat, how you see heat, it in the heat of... well he went a bit alan partridge david brent <laughs> didn't he and he thankfully he didn't mention alopecia otherwise the whole world would have kicked off but i thought he did he it was peculiar i must admit it was it was very out of character but i wonder whether this is this is a, a little bit of the real anthony joshua sort of bubbling over because he's he's conducted himself so well for so many years i mean he won that gold at london 2012 you know we're going back 10 years of a professional career first 22 fights were, were unbeaten and now he's lost three of his last five and personally and this is purely i don't want to be attacked for this but i sort of feel that all that emotion that came out and the things he was saying and he was angry with himself in the post-match press conference and he he was he was visibly upset i think this is a man who might have realized that he's reached his potential that he can't go any further I'm not saying he needs to retire, and I'm sure the boxing world wants to see more of Anthony Joshua. And I have no question that he's a phenomenal athlete. I'm not entirely sure he's the best boxer we've ever seen. The thing is, he was closer this time around. It was a split yeah. decision. So he had improved since the yes. last time. And that's an annoying decision, isn't it? A split met, decision, yeah. Well, you can you can tell the frustration was there, can't yeah. you? So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was a good fight. I didn't get to see it. I haven't... I, bit lacking in funds after a week away so um but um picked up well, thank- with, with things the following day and thankfully yeah. our military audience twitter went wild on uh, on saturday night when our military audience realized they could watch it through bfbs tv yeah, so, so that if, was good overseas yeah good for you good yeah. for you good for you um uh, and yeah. again you know if you've got any opinion on aj and we'd we'd love to hear that too don't you. send it to yeah. us <laughs> no do get we'll in do- touch i want to hear Oh, do you? I want to hear. Yeah, from a forces point of view, that would be nice. I know they would. Um, our news team were trying to speak to Lucy Connor, um, from who's done a bit of 
boxing commentary for BFBS in the past. So um, I'd love to know her her sort of view on it as someone well, who doesn't I mean, know much could, about boxing. We could talk to Chess, couldn't we? Former we could professional talk to Chess. You're absolutely ar- right. Army boxer, professional. Yeah. Uh, we could we could catch up with him to get his point of view. But anyway. Yeah. Dear um, dear old dear old AJ's got some time to reflect now and yeah. and and see what happens next because Tyson Fury's waiting in the wings or is he or Not isn't he or <laughs> will he be returning to the ring? What's going on? We don't well, know. Well, uh, Usyk said Usyk said that he, he will only fight Tyson Fury. That's well, there we are, then. that's kind of where he's he's coming from. So he, he doesn't fight, want to fight that anyone need, else. Fight needs that needs to happen. To happen. Yeah. Uh, Premier League's back in full swing. Um, what were you, three or four games in now? And I don't know if you watched much of the European Championships, Jules, but it felt like the Commonwealth Games were still going. It's almost like well, one ended and then they were in Munich doing um, yeah. um, athletics and, and swimming d- and diving. And good, good to see the Italians have left the Commonwealth and rejoined it. <laughs> they do like to change sides. Um, but yes, yeah, uh, you know, from the gymnastics, mm. Great Britain were brilliant mm. gymnastics, brilliant at diving. And uh, good to see the men's four by four, uh, sorry, four by one hundred, um, bringing the curtain down in style on the athletics track. So some amazing performances, really, really yeah, good. It's been brilliant. Um, it's pretty quiet here at BFBS Sport HQ, but um, do let us know what is happening out there in the forces world. You can email us at forcesport at bfbs.com with any suggestions on future guests, any events you think we should know about. We are, of course, open to all kinds of feedback. Well, I am. I don't know about Jules. We just want to know what's going on and how we can cover it. Don't forget, you can listen again to the weekly Forces Sport programme at bfbs.com slash podcast or on Apple, Spotify or wherever it is you get your podcast. Just search for Forces Sport. The whole back catalogue is on there. Plus, you can also view the full interviews on the bfbs sports show youtube channel forces.net is a place to go for the latest results and action and do keep an eye on our social media channels bfbs sport and forces news across twitter instagram and facebook goodbye from me and from jules for another week it's bank holiday week next week so we'll be back in a fortnight thank you for listening and we hope to see you out there in the forces sporting world this week bye for now Bye.